You're listening to the MoneyWeb Now podcast series with Simon Brown. Live streamed every weekday at 6.30 a.m. Wednesday, 11 January, Astro Sappy XDiv today. I'm Simon Brown, coming at you live and loud from the MoneyWeb Global Headquarters in Johannesburg, South Africa. On the show today, we're chatting to Mbele Papela, investment analyst, FMB Wealth and Investments. Where is she finding value in 2023? Wandeli Shalobo, uh, Chief Economist at AgBiz, Outlook for Agricultural Sector this year. I was driving through parts of the country. It is wet Everywhere I went. Uh, Grant Smee from uh, Only Realty National. Seven residential property trends for 2023. The show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. Morning headlines from MoneyWeb. JC bars Marcus Yuster from directorship for 20 years and a 15 million rand fine. I don't know who was going to put him on a board anyway. Uh, Business Day, ESCOM implements stage six load shedding pretty much nightly until, until I suppose, maybe stage eight. Uh, Morning markets. U.S. was green overnight. S&P up 0.7%. NASDAQ up 0.9%. Asia, green. Sydney up 0.9%. And Tokyo up 1.1%. Commodities mostly green. Gold, 1,880. Brent, 79.40. Uh, Platinum is the red at 1,087. Palladium flat, 1,000. 776. Rand 1703. Bitcoin 17,400. 10 cents up 2.9% in the Hong Kong lunch break. And top 40 opening call for about a 560 point green open. That is 0.8%. MoneyWeb now on the money. Also available on podcast. Turning now with uh, Sintambele Papela, investment analyst, FMB Wealth and Investment. Sintambele, I appreciate the early morning. As we come into 2023, lots of, of, of things to watch out for. We, we've still got wars in Ukraine. We've still got inflation. We've still got rising interest rates, fears of recessions. And that makes me think that to the crafty investor, there's probably opportunity there. So I'm putting you in the box of crafty investor. Where, where are you and, and, and your colleagues potentially looking for, 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 for value? At, at this point. Hi, Simon, and yeah, Happy New Year to you and your listeners. Uh, yeah, compliments of the season. So, yeah, it, it's, I think it's going to be an interesting year. As you mentioned, all of those risk factors, um, especially around, you know, the Fed um, and, you know, a possible Fed-induced uh, recession mm. that we're looking into. Um, so, of course, it's, it's quite alarming for equity markets and for the real economy in general, especially as inflation has remained quite sticky. But I think there are some positive indicators, you know, in the market that I think shouldn't be overlooked. Um, you know, for instance, global food inflation is looking a lot better. You know, um, mm. the recent data from the UN just showed about a 1%, 1.9% decline in the food price index in December. And that was adding to a nine-month consecutive pullback in that gauge. So, you know, it's, it's, it's some of those smaller things that I think don't get as much, you know, um, limelight. But, you know, they, they are positive at least, you know, going into 2023. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and so, you know, I think with everything that's going on um, and, and especially in the context of a potential demand rebound, you know, as China reopens, I think some of the, the, the sectors that are likely to benefit in that, um, I like food producers and wholesale and retail, that, mm. that 
um, space of the markets. I think they may be situated in the year better than they were previously. Specifically, um, I like Bitcorp, you know, in this value chain. They, It's yeah. a very defensive um, company. They're very diversified. And, you know, trading at a discount to its uh, historic PE rating, um, they've got a very strong balance sheet um, and a strong business model overall. Um, they've got continued market share gains in, you know, key markets. Um, and so I think that all gives, you know, company that company some leg room for a recovery just around improving operating conditions around the globe and you know yeah just positive long-term growth as the group continues to expand um and for quite similar reasons i also like you know a shop right especially in the south african context of you know consumer that's under pressure um you know with everything that we've got going on shop rights has historically shown resilience through you know economic downturns and Again, it's also got a very strong balance sheet, high cash generation, and um, you know it's, they're very innovative and they've got a very you know good ability to adapt quickly to market changes. And I think those are some of the you know the key highlights um, for for them. Yeah, I, I take um, your point. Uh, ShopRite always a uh, uh, stellar. And I got to be honest, I hadn't actually mm-hmm. checked at the Bitcorp chart in a while, and it's trading at three-year highs. It's 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 back at pre-pandemic levels, and I, I remember their their, their results. Mm-hmm. They've had really good results coming through um, in in a space which, as you point out, perhaps there's some green shoots there. We'll leave it there. We're out of time. Sintabella Bapela, uh, investment analyst, F and B Wealth and Investment. Appreciate the early morning. There's no postponing the inevitable. Your money knew this day would come. And you know what? It can hardly wait to start giving some back to you. When you invest in Stanlib's fixed income funds, you can retire earning a regular income off your investments. Invest for more certainty at stanlib.com forward slash more. Stanlib is an authorized financial services provider and a registered manager. MoneyWeb now on The Money. Joining now with uh, Wandili Shilobo, he's Chief Economist of Agricultural Business Chamber of South Africa, Agbiz. Uh, Wandili, appreciate the early morning time as always. I, I was traveling uh, over the holidays. I was down in uh, Eastern Free State, uh, KZN Midlands, south coast of KZN. Everywhere I went, there was water. Uh, dams that I've been seeing my entire life were fuller than I've ever seen. Is that a general trend that we've had another year? And I think this, is, this would make it the third year of really good rains around the country. Uh, Simon, actually, Happy New Year. This is about uh, fourth year of fourth year. really <laughs> high rainfall uh, across South Africa, and and I think this year again we probably received more than what we bargained for in some of the farming areas. To an extent that I think this season is gonna be roughly a month behind the typical period, but still. It's looking broadly relatively well in some areas, even though the sections where farmers had to replant Mm -hmm. um, and some they had to face some delays in planting uh, because of these uh, excessively wet uh, conditions. Yeah, too much rain is, is is perhaps not always a good thing. It's nice to fill the dams, but it's tough if you are, if you are a farmer. So I, I would imagine that then means we're going to have good crop yields again. Are, are we still seeing? I mean, good prices. I mean, we chatted around g- getting some 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 uh, agri commodities out of Ukraine. That seems to be happening, sort of. But prices from the few uh, agries that I check, uh, and I'm thinking particularly the maize and and the wheat, they still seem fairly elevated. 
Yeah, prices are still fairly elevated, uh, Simon, even though the, the grain is coming out of Ukraine. But I think the risks are still there mm-hmm. because everyone is watching because they don't know what will actually happen next. Will Russia still allow that deal to continue and all of those things? So that's the area that we're watching. But we're also watching in South America where in Argentina it's fairly dry. And this week, for example, we saw soybean prices rising, largely pushed up by what's happening in South America. But I think broadly, the commodity prices are still fairly elevated uh, from levels that you would typically see. Um, but we've come off of the higher levels that we saw right after the invasion mm-hmm. of the Ukraine. Yep, so, so off those highs, but still elevated. What about input costs? We've chatted fertilizer prices, diesel, which is a big input cost. It's, of course, come down, but it still remains elevated. Farmers perhaps getting more revenue, but perhaps paying more to get that extra revenue. A slight squeeze on margins, maybe. That that was a major challenge uh, this this time around because I mean when farmers planted fertilizer prices were still up plus thirty percent year on year basis same thing uh, with the agrochemicals um, and of course fuel prices was also up uh, uh, elevated for 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 some time and I think as then the farmers were planting they had to 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 acquire all of their inputs in those higher levels right now though if you look at the fertilizer prices they slowly coming down from the levels that we've seen over the past few months but I think I mean right now the, the most of the colleagues have already planted they planted with the higher input costs over the of the past few months so there's gonna be that squeeze on the margins but i think the most positive things that the south african farmers they went out and they planted in fact if you were to look at the planting intentions data mm-hmm. they've indicated that they can actually increase the area planting by one percent and compared to what we had planted last year looking at somewhere around about 4.3 million hectares or so so that's for me was encouraging that folks are still planting they're not holding back because of these higher input costs yeah i i, I saw uh, farmers planting fields in my travels which which patently hadn't been planted perhaps in, in, in a couple of years what about load shedding i mean we think of a farmer and we think someone out there in their tractor and maybe an agri uh, uh, uh in, in grains and the like maybe it's uh, you know, power supplies less of an issue imagine in livestock, um, particularly slaughterhouses and the like, it is more important. How much does, does, does stage four, stage six, just this, this inconsistent power uh, impact and challenge farming? Yeah, at the moment, uh, Simon, we're at a stage where we're going to be doing a full survey to understand the full impact across subsectors of agriculture, because this is a major challenge uh, for, for, for the sector. Uh, you see it in the poultry sector. Mm-hmm. It's an issue for colleagues that have to irrigate uh, in the horticulture, but also in the grains. Remember, some of them are operating uh, silos and you do oh, need power in some of the facilities that is there. So the load shedding is a major headache for everyone in the food sector. Uh, a, a last question. We, we had some issues towards the end of last year around uh, fruit exports uh, out of the Western Cape into into Europe. That was the uh, uh, sudden restrictions from the European Union um, and, and, and some, some other challenges, particularly uh, uh, around Transnet. Uh, has that resolved itself or is, that, is those fruit exporters uh, still finding some challenges? That has been temporarily resolved. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll leave that there. That was uh, Wandili Shalobo, Chief Economist at Agbiz. Wandili, as always, appreciate the early morning insights. Hear that? Nothing. Your money can do more when it blocks out the noise, as hard as it is these days. When you invest in the Stanler Balanced Cautious Fund, 
we manage the risks so that you can see stable inflation-beating returns through market cycles. Invest with more certainty at stanlib.com forward slash more. Stanlib is an authorized financial services provider and a registered manager. MoneyWeb now on the money. Joining now with uh, Grant Smee, he is uh, MD at One Realty Property Group uh, and, and broadly our, our residential property guru. Uh, Grant, appreciate the early morning time. You put out about a note on the, the seven trends we're going to see in, in residential property uh, through 2023. Uh, top of the list, and this is, I imagine, always the, the, the contentious, highly debated one. Uh, are you expecting a buyer's or a, a, a seller's market this year? Or is the answer a kind of a, a bit of, of, of it depends? Yeah, morning, Simon. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I think I think again, it it, um, it depends. I often talk about the buyers and sellers markets in South Africa being very region specific, mm. and um, I speak about pockets of excellence, so areas where it's going to be really exciting for buyers to to look at getting into the market, as well as areas where sellers really have uh, the ball in their court. So. Um, you know the, the west coast and and the traditional immigration areas are looking still to be sellers markets going into this year whereas buyers um, have the pick um, in areas like Gauteng. Um I think the fishy credit worthy uh, uh, buyers are going to have definitely um, the upper hand. You mentioned immigration there. That obviously was a, a huge story of, of, of the last couple of years as people suddenly discovered Zoom and suddenly discovered we could work from, 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 from a way more beautiful part of the country than, 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 than perhaps Johannesburg. Is that trend still happening? Has it paused? Is it perhaps even reversing as we move into the new year and, and people are back in the office? Yes, I think the important thing with the with this immigration trend was that it was something that was happening probably five five years prior to mm-hmm. to lockdown. Uh, then it certainly accelerated over the last two years. It's definitely going to decelerate um, going into this year and and uh, next. But I don't think it's going to necessarily uh, entirely reverse. Mm. We are seeing again um, people, certain people in certain industries, looking to move back to cutting the the um, financial capital ultimately of South Africa. So um, there is a, a slight reversal in certain areas, but um, it's going to continue just um, slowing down slightly. Okay, so it's still happening, but perhaps a bit slowing. I, I like your point that actually it was kind of happening before pandemic. I mean, it was always in the back of my mind. I just never got to it. Um, uh, you also state uh, home buyers perhaps starting to rent. It's always been, uh, as long as I've been around, it's, it's you know, sort of buying your first home was, was an important part of, of, of growing up, of becoming an adult, of, of taking my responsibilities. But you're saying we're seeing trends where actually, particularly with higher rates, perhaps a, a lot more renting because of the rates, uh, giving flex flexibility there and, and, and more moving towards rent rather than own? Yeah, I think we, we're going to go into a market where um, first-time buyers are going to be pretty cautious um, getting into the market, especially with interest rates increasing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this year, uh, interest rates increase are going to continue. So I think it's going to be uh, going to be very, very cautious. Also, adding to interest increases is the cost of actually owning a home, the increase in um, rates and taxes. In sectional yeah, title course, complexes, yeah. the increase in levies. So, so all of that comes comes together to, to me saying first time buyers are going to take the time, take a bit longer, and look to rent and um, positively for this year. Okay, man, I take that. There's, there's more than just actually the, the, the bond fee. There's also all those other bits. You, you make an interesting point for me, and, and it's particularly interesting because there's a couple of listed companies in, in this space around uh, new development, and, and, and you're, you, you're, you're not very optimistic for, for, for new development, or, or maybe I should say you think that there's potential risks for some developments out there that have been built over the last couple of years and perhaps still under construction. 
Absolutely. I think, um, you know, if you look at the, the development market, they're all focusing very much on, on uh, certain areas. They've obviously got um, uh, really well-paid researchers that have, have looked into the, into the areas that they're building in. <clears throat> and there certainly um, looks to be an oversupply of the stock in certain areas. So what's going to happen, I think, is that the, the implosion is going to happen in the, uh, the the lesser developers, so the developers that aren't producing the quality products. They certainly are, and like you say, they're listed guys that are, are producing absolutely brilliant products, mm-hmm. and they're going to um, sort of out, uh, outsell the, um, the smaller developers. Okay, so it, it's still, it, it comes down to that. I suppose it makes sense. It comes down to that quality. Uh, you said up front when I said a buyer's or seller's market, and, and the answer is it depends. The, the, the one space, and we, we see this, for example, Richmond, which sells overpriced luxury watches, uh, and they seem to sell those watches regardless of, of economic conditions. Luxury property yes. seems to be the same. It seems to be, I, I don't want to say immune, because that, that, that might put the, put the, the hex on it, but certainly uh, it, it continues to lead. Yes, I mean, you know, the one reason that the, that the market will reverse slightly for buyers in South Africa is obviously interest rate increases, as we've ever spoken mm. about. And that doesn't affect necessarily luxury buyers as much, and particularly also the foreign buyers coming into the market who are, who are traditionally buying cash anyway. So I think the luxury markets, uh, particularly in uh, those pockets of excellence we talk about, um, really attractive areas, mm. uh, the Atlantic seaboard and certain areas are going to still sort of um, carry on uh, being quite resilient in this market. We'll leave that there. That's Grant Smee. He's MD1 Realty Property Group. Appreciate the early morning time this morning. And that's our poll today on our LinkedIn and Twitter. Are you considering buying property this year? Uh, Grant says there, I mean, it, 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 it's, it's a bit of a buyer's market, but it is going to be dependent on where you're buying. But have your vote, have your say, LinkedIn and Twitter. That's it for today. I polled yesterday. I was chatting with Rosemary Anderson from uh, Fred Hossa about the recent holiday season. Certainly, it, it, to me, in, in, on my holidays, I was down in KZN, uh, Durban, South Coast, and uh, Midlands, and it was busy, uh, maybe not as busy as, as, as pre-pandemic. And we asked your view if you had been on holiday. Almost half of you said, nope, you weren't holidaying. Uh, but those who were, a quarter was saying, uh, pretty much the same as pre-pandemic. A fifth was saying, Yes, extra busy. And certainly a lot of reports. Cape Town, extra, extra busy. While the rest of you said, nap, it was actually fairly quiet where you were. Perhaps that's the aim of a holiday is to find somewhere that is quiet. Have your vote, have your say, Twitter and LinkedIn. The show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. We're live every weekday morning. The Money Web website's in the app, 6.30 a.m. podcast, just after 7. Thanks to my team, Eddie, Nabokhle, Nicole, to you for listening. My guests for their early morning. My name is Simon Brown. This is Money Web Now. We'll chat again tomorrow. Impact of interest rates on homebuyers. You've been listening to another MoneyWeb Now podcast, posted every weekday at 7 a.m. on moneyweb.co.za. MoneyWeb Now, on the money.